Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,700, 1,700 inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Boy, am I a lucky guy. Buckle up. Here we go. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Miramar, Florida, with a very special guest by the name of Richard Kelly. Richard, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready to go. Come All on. right, cool. We're going to have some fun here. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, I would love for you to tell my listeners one little thing about you that maybe most people don't know. Hmm. Other than the police? Let me think. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we don't have to go into that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's nasty. Well, let's see. In 1986, I was not only making uh, images of Formula One, but I was racing myself. I was sharing a, a prep company with uh, DDA Tates. And he was leading and would go on to win uh, the Super V uh, championship uh, title that year, the equivalent of Formula 3. Yep. And uh, he asked me to run his second Martini, martini chassis at the 1986 uh, Detroit Grand Prix. All I needed was $25,000 in sponsorship. And I quickly found uh, 15000 but then uh, could not find another dollar. And I was, I was gutted. Uh, well, you know, that's the way it goes. World championships are <laughs> won for less money than that. So, you know, I just kept my head down and kept on kept on shooting. But it was uh, a really wonderful, uh, really wonderful uh, you know, request from him. Yeah. And I will always uh, appreciate it. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, you know, the rest is history, as they say. And uh, you've done pretty darn good. So I don't think there's any negativity to looking back on that for sure. I always say that's why the rearview mirror is small and the windshield's big because you'd rather be looking down the track than what's coming up behind you or what's been behind you. So that's an interesting piece of trivia there. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we're going to dive into this thing called your life. Richard Kelly is a photojournalist and writer whose career spans 48 years, including 20 years in publishing with Car and Driver Magazine during the golden age of automotive journalism. From 1972 through 1984, he captured his Heroes of Grand Prix racing. His iconic images and memoirs were captured in his documentary, Waiting, that revealed the intimate moments of racing of his lifelong friends that were on the track. He raced on a national level in Formula Ford and found success in F2000 and Atlantic Racing. He joined Mitsubishi Motors as North American Media Relations Manager, and today Richard remains smitten with F1, shooting parts of 2017 and 2019 season for his clients. He's penned race recaps from 2017 through 2020. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Richard, but first a word from our sponsors. They make this show possible, so please give them a little love. We'll be right back. Sit tight. The best way to protect your vehicles is with a quality-made, custom-fit car cover made by Covercraft. It's the best way to preserve your vehicle along with the meanings, memories, and experiences that they give us. I've been protecting my vehicles with Covercraft since 1975. That's right. You'll find a multitude of options depending upon your individual needs, 
Indoor covers, including form fit, fleece satin, and their unique view shield. Need a cover that will protect your ride outside? Their quality options include Weather Shield, Weather Shield HD, Weather Shield HP, Sumbrella, Reflect, Carhartt, Evolution, and NOAA. Covers for cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, and watercraft are all available. Whether you're looking for rain protection, UV shielding from the sun's damaging rays, breathability, dust protection, snow protection, ding protection, and protection from those paint-destroying bird droppings. Live in a windy area? Covercraft Gust Guards are a must-have option. Worried about theft? They also offer cable locks and built-in grommets that keep your cover safely on your vehicle. Their website makes ordering fast and easy, and their talented customer service department will walk you through any of the questions you might have. They can customize a cover for almost any vehicle. And I've got a deal for you. Use the code YEAH120 at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code yeah, Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. Yeah, the one I call my orange crush. When it came time to renew my policy, my carrier jacked my rates up, even though I'd been with them for years. I'd never made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? Adios. So I started shopping around and kept hearing about American Collectors Insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts, friends, and folks in the car industry. I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collectors Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is, should something terrible happen. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH, that's 866-224-9324, and protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Richard, as we continue on this journey we're going to call your life, I would love for you to share a mantra or maybe a success quote, some kind of thing that maybe has some meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the the shutter clicking, I guess. The shutters click anymore. They kind of don't do that anymore. But uh, we, us old guys know what we're talking about here on Cars. Yeah, so Richard, take the wheel. I'd say it's just very simple. Um, all my life uh, from the time I was 19, it's be quiet, keep your eyes and ears open. You know, I love this, and it's very interesting because I guessed on a couple of weeks ago who went through a period of time where he was with uh, Deepak Chopra and he was with one of the Beatles, with George Harrison. And he did a three-day silence where he couldn't speak and had to be quiet for three days. And to this day, he takes that opportunity he had in his life and he carries it forward and loves to go out into nature and just be quiet and with silence and observe. Now, the fact that you've done this in your career has led to some amazing photography. And I tell you, I went to your website and I couldn't get off of it. I'm like, wow, this guy has some really cool shots. You remind me in some ways of a friend of mine, another photographer, Jesse Alexander. Yeah. One of the things he loved to do was shoot those intimate moments of race car drivers. When everybody else was waiting for the cars to go, he was capturing the looks on their faces and so forth. So how is that practice served you so well in what you do? 
it's one of those things where if you're busy yapping and you're busy talking, uh, you're not you're not paying attention. You're not doing what you have to do. When I stepped on the pit lane in 1972, I was 19 years old, and uh, jumping jumping into that like that is like jumping over the Ni- Niagara Falls in, in a cardboard box. <laughs> you don't know the protocol, and then you have a very fast pit lane with no braking when entering. So stepping into the pit lane is deadly. Still, I knew I was in heaven the first moment I stepped on the pavement. So I decided on the spot to practice what a, a famous uh, photojournalist, uh, Henry Cartier-Bresson, used to say, be invisible, wait for the images to come to you. So I sort of invented something called being a fly on the wall. Um, and the images uh, just uh, just exploded. And uh, it served me to this day. Did you find that it also provided you with more unique opportunities than maybe other shooters were getting when they were maybe being a bit more obtrusive? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that you do, and I, 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 I use it all the time, is you, uh, you know, use a, uh, you know, like a basketball term. You know, you use a block and a, and a pick. Um, I would put somebody between me and that person and if you're using a wide angle, well, a, a, you know, a wide open uh, aperture and you're focusing on your face, um, a lot of things go um, blurry and they don't see you and I see them and I just wait and I just wait and I just wait and I listen and I listen and I anticipate what they're going to say or anticipate how they're going to feel if they get an answer back and I, I just keep clicking and keep, you know, keep, keep working, keep working, keep working it. And uh, it's, it's always paid off for me. Did you find, because you were on the track so much and you got to know a lot of these guys, could you kind of start to read them better so you maybe anticipated better what might be coming with either their facial expressions or if they were angry about something or excited about something? Obviously, knowing these individuals. And back in those days, I would assume it was easier to get to know the drivers than it is today. There seems to be this huge barrier between drivers and everybody else today. Back then, it's like the drivers were even friends with each other. It was an amazing, uh, I called them a band of brothers. Uh, the, the term's been used a lot, but I, I saw it firsthand. Everybody had respect for each other. Everybody knew that you couldn't touch. Everybody knew that uh, you could lose your life as easily as, as they could lose theirs if uh, they got uh, a little too uh, aggressive. And, um, you know, they parted together. They, uh, they laughed together. They cried together. They prayed together. Um, it, was, uh, it was a magical time. And I was uh, very blessed to be able to be there and see it uh, and literally be shoulder to shoulder with some of the greatest drivers who have walked here. Now, I know this is probably like asking a parent for their favorites, but did you have some, let's put it this way, because we want to take the personality out because obviously you liked all these folks, but did you have some favorite drivers that you love to shoot maybe more than others just because maybe they had better fate? I shouldn't say better, different facial expressions, more exciting, more reserved, whatever it might be. Or did you just find that everybody was so unique and individual that you really couldn't pick any favorites? Well, I think that uh, their uniqueness was part of their ability to drive. Everybody had something that was a bit better than somebody else. And it, it was it, you could see in their personalities. Um, Clay Rigzoni was uh, just a blast to be around until he started racing. And then he was very, very serious and very specific. And from that uh, came Nikki, who um, was just a, a kid um, with a lot, of, a lot of pressure on his shoulders because of the loans he took out. There's an image of he and, uh, 
a couple of other guys sitting on the wall, um, and, and they haven't got a ride for next year, and they don't know what to do. And you could just see in their eyes, what am I going to do? You know, Ronnie's sitting there with him, and uh, both of them had no rides. And, uh, and I just felt sorry for them, and you know, just don't talk with them, and, and just learn just how, <laughs> how desperate they were. Then you had um, Peter Refson, who I, I've known for a while because of uh, um, a young lady that he, he knew. And uh, a lot of other guys, and each one had, you know, some specific things about them that made them special. Francois Severe was uh, was a very uh, fantastic guy, and he was um, just everything. You know, he could play piano. He could he could uh, get a call in the night from uh, Bridget Bardot, and he would he was <laughs> <laughs> almost have anything happen to him. Yeah, and yet he was a fantastic racer and loved every second of racing and. He and Jackie would sit down and just talk and talk and talk about the minute little bits of, of turning in and balancing the car and this and this and this and what ifs and what ifs and what ifs. And when he was doing that, it was fantastic because uh, he was 100% into thinking about what he was doing and the images I made were, were great. Well, since you've been shooting for so long, was there a period or era of Formula One in particular that you're fond of? Maybe it's because of the vehicles, the, the style of the cars. Was there an era that really stands out for you? Yeah, it was um, it, it was a car that I didn't see. I didn't see Jimmy, Jimmy driving. I wish I would have. That's one of the things I, I really missed. But then I've been too, too young to yep. <laughs> be in, in there in person. I love the I love the Tyrrells, uh, the 05s, the 06 Tyrrells. Mm. They were a handful to drive. Only uh, only Jackie and and and, uh, and uh, Severe could could drive those. They were very twitchy, very short wheel based, um, but as smooth as they were, they made them work. And when they worked, they were really fast. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed some of the early ground effects cars. I thought the Williams that they had in in, in '80 was uh, incredibly cool car because it was just so simple yet it had all the right settings for downforce uh jill's um 1979 uh t4 was a car i know inch by inch yeah. and just about my favorite car um and as it got as they as they went along the cars got more brutal and a bit more than a lot more ugly <laughs> and uh, yeah so uh i'm up there and started putting together the um carbon fiber cars that they they got beautiful again yeah every every era had its its cars but the cars were like that for a reason for for the rules and for the drivers that they had and so it was pretty much a, a press fit you know once you found somebody that could they could, they could drive what you have you, you you tried to make him as comfortable and as uh as easy to correct the car as as, as they could and then uh you stood back and let the magic happen well, let's uh, press the gas pedal down and fast forward to what you're doing now. Uh, what has you excited about getting up every day with your career these days? What are you doing these days that has you excited about getting out of bed every day? Well, I, I've, I'm, uh, I'm choosing a little, another, a little diff a different direction to go, and um, I can talk about that a little bit later. Um, but it's a completely different type of photography. Well, one of the things that uh, has really uh, revved me up is that uh, Petrolicious uh, has asked me to sell my work on their website. Nice. Uh, yeah, and uh, we, we we worked for a long time to find some exclusive images and uh, also two uh, two bespoke uh, F1 portfolios that are exclusive as far as what's in there and how it's presented and everything else. And so uh, 
they can go and, and find my work at uh, the petrolicious.com shop under artists and Richard Kelly. And, uh, um, and I'd like to hear some feedback about what, what people think of it. But I think it's a really, really a nice, uh, a nice uh, keepsake uh, with a lot of uh, pretty nice images there. Oh, absolutely. And Petrolicious is uh, such a fun site. The videos that they produce are great. Uh, for those of you out there, I, I had the original founder. Now he's since sold the business. So there's yeah. new owners there, but he was on the show way, way back. And you can subscribe to them, uh, get their emails and notifications, and you can go and they sell some cool things. And now they've got some very cool things with Richard Kelly's images. So that's absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. You know, I always like to ask my guests about a big challenge that they face or maybe even a failure. Now, you, you talked about that at the very beginning of wanting to drive and not quite being able to pull all the money together. Definitely a challenge, but it allowed you to move on and do what you've been doing so nicely throughout your life. Is there another kind of journey you might take us on? And I'm really more important or more interested, I should say, in how it taught you something positive so you can move forward. So take us on a little trip around the track here, Richard. Hmm. Well, because of the way I made photographs, um, I, I could hear things. I did hear things. I heard a lot of things, but I never really uh, would, uh, I mean, it, it would be absurd for me to say a word, but I mean, you, you can see things developing. And um, on the morning of October the 3rd, excuse me, October, yeah, October the 3rd, uh, 1973, I had been shooting severe the whole day. And he was in a situation where he uh, didn't know whether he might take the uh, position with Ferrari. He didn't know. He wanted to stay with the Ken. Uh, he didn't know if Jackie was going to stay. Uh, he didn't, uh, you know, he, he didn't know a lot of things. And kept, Ken kept saying, uh, Francois, just, let's just wait a week, uh, please. Just let's wait a week. And, and, and Jackie was doing the same thing. And then the morning, uh, that, that Saturday morning, we found out um, that uh, Ken had just hired uh, Schechter for the, for, for the team. And uh, Francois didn't know whether it was replacing him or replacing Jackie because Jackie didn't tell him he was retiring. And uh, he immediately wanted to go out and get the pole. He immediately wanted to go out and um, go fast and uh, you know, get some headlines and make sure that he solidified his, his position. And I watched him think himself into a, a fatal accident. And, uh, and um, you'll be able to see the images, uh, not of the accident, of course, but uh, I just watched him and I kept looking at him just shaking my head going, come on, man, come on, cool. <laughs> you know, and he just kept worrying and worrying and worrying. I wish, I just wish I could have been in a position to say, hey, man, just get up, you know, get a drink of water and, and think about it a bit more. Go talk to Jackie. But he didn't. And, uh, right. Wow. That's it. But um, I'm the only, I was the only person there. I was the only person around. Everybody else was looking at other people. And it was just lonely, you know. Um, Jackie's wife uh, was was just up and standing beside me, and I moved back and made uh, four frames. The last one was 26A, and uh, that was it. And, um, wow, heartbreaking! So uh, in those days, anything could happen. I mean, you you had more fatalities in testing than you did racing. It was always testing. You tested a lot because you had to find out things that uh, would be went well, well, whether they would work. Yeah, driving on the edge all the time. Why? Well, thankfully, things have changed a lot now. You look at some of the crashes that drivers have, and they crawl out and walk away, and you just think, wow, 
Uh, how can you walk away from that? But things are so much more safe. Thank goodness. Uh, well, and I think we see less crashes these days too. Well, which is and, and, and some of the crashes they have are miraculous. Uh, look at Robert Kubica. Uh, you know, Kubica. I mean, um, oh, uh, yeah. One, one in, in Canada. I think he hit Yarno's car, and Yarno told me he just came from nowhere, and boom, hit him. And uh, uh, Yarno said, "I thought he was gone. I thought he was gone." You know, and um, yeah, it just—it's <laughs> amazing. And, and it's getting better and better and better all the time, which can't, you know, can't, can't hurt at all. Absolutely. Well, let's take a little break. We'll take a breath here. And we come back. I want to talk about this passion you have for racing and automobiles and photography. So sit tight. We're going to say a thank you to our sponsors. And we'll be right back. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are, keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. Kevin Buckler is a winning racer and team owner of the Racers Group. He has over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans. Kevin realized the racing world is about the people and founded Adobe Road Winery. He and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own with a racing twist. Just like in racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, superb taste, all blended together with a whole lot of fun. There are four carefully crafted blends with race-inspired names, Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. When you purchase all four, you get the entire lineup in a beautifully designed gift box. There's a printed description of the blends inside the box lid, and every bottle is parked in a protective die-cut placeholder. The bottles feature three-dimensional labels, and I promise you'll want to keep them after enjoying these delicious wines. The box is so cool, you'll want to keep it too. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiasts in your life, and I have a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, all caps, at checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wine from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout for $10 off on your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH today to get your deal. Cheers! 
All right, Richard, we're back, and I would love for you to share a story that instigated this passion that you have for automobiles and racing. Uh, is there a pivotal moment when you think back in your life when you realize, you know what, I'm a car guy, and I want to be a photographer and, and capture this history? Oh, yeah. You mean when I, when I first uh, realized that's what I wanted to do? Yeah. Um, it was um, it was amazing in in sort of the step-by-step that, uh, that, that took place. Um, I... Um, I was a journalism student uh, getting ready to have a, a long career uh, uh, writing mm-hmm. uh, and probably uh, being a lot paler than what I am. <laughs> it was in the fall of 71, uh, and I um, picked up a, a Road and Track article about, by Rob Walker about the 71 British Grand Prix. And Rob and, and I later got to be good friends. I, in fact, I, I told him I blamed him for every bad thing that would ever happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, he was a very, very generous man. Uh, but I read the I read the article, and it was just one of those things where it just popped. It just made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, a little while later, uh, I watched a brand new racing movie called Le Mans, and uh, that pretty much for me. As an aside, we found a, um, a a pirated copy of that and showed it in the dorms, and probably probably paid for a lot of beer I had for the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, that movie, I think, changed it for a lot of people. Not only did it bring racing to the big screen, but the way it was shot, the way it was done, uh, was rather unique and different, of course. Yeah. And, uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a great, uh, great, uh, great image, a great, <laughs> great film. It just didn't have a script. Well, yeah, but you know, for most of us car guys, who cares? In fact, when when they kept going to the scenes of him and the the women and stuff, it's like, okay, go back to the track. I don't really care about what's going on at the trailer while he's taking a break. So, um, so I uh, I instantly ran down to the uh, photojournalism building and and said, uh, I'm going to change my major. Why? Uh, I said, well, I'll 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 take my major from 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 journalist to, to journalist and photojournalism. You can't do that. I said, why? Because nobody ever has. I said, I'm number one. I'm number one. <laughs> That's a bad reason. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I'm going to listen. And um, he said, well, well, we'll see. And so I uh, worked out uh, becoming a stringer for uh, Associated Press at Indy uh, in May of 71 and 72. And in 72, I, I was 19 years old. Okay. And um, then I, I got a little permission slip from Associated Press in Indianapolis to uh, to go to Watkins Glen and work for them. And so uh, in October of 72, I drove all the way out there in my Vega, yeah. slept <laughs> on the ground, and went in the next morning and walked into uh, Photographic Heaven. And I never left. Yeah, you're still there. Well, just not having to sleep on the ground with the Vega. That's uh Things, things have improved a bit. Yeah. Can you tell I was really fired up? You know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, speaking of Vegas, let's talk about your first really special vehicle—a vehicle that perhaps you've owned, or it could even be a, a car that you drove, maybe a race car that you drove. Uh, but share a memory you have about what that is and what that vehicle was. Well, let me see. For me, for something that I personally owned, yeah, it'd have to be a 1990 uh, 300ZX Turbo that was chipped up quite a bit. I was working for car and drivers, so they found a good chipper, and um, I uh, went out to drove from Detroit to uh, Chicago and picked it up, and we put the chip in and everything else, and started to drive back to uh, to Chicago, well, through through Chicago to uh, Detroit, and just when we got down to the bottom of Lake Michigan, 
uh, we ran into a midwinter Lake Michigan snowstorm. Mm. So I go for 32 miles sideways at five miles per hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, the big tires just floated, you know. Sure. Uh, and we finally ran out of the lake effect, uh, and um, you know, no, no steering, just gentle throttle, and you know, talk a lot, you know, and right. keep your eyes open. But yeah, that was that was a great car, uh, wonderful car, beautiful design. Everything on it was seemed bespoke, and it seemed to be, uh, you know, made by Armani, and uh, I just I just loved it. Cool, very cool. <laughs> I got to drive the, the 90, I don't know, 93, is it? 90. Anyway, it was the creepy crawling march that uh, one day told me I got to drive that. Ah, okay. You know, it was, it was a ground effects car, so when you got in it and you were below 100 miles an hour, the thing rattled like a, I don't know, like a garbage can. And at 101, the thing slammed itself down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that ground effects works. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. Uh, you know, brutal. The turbos would kick in and snap your head back, uh, but it was very cool, very, very uh, eye-opening. I'll bet. Well, I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here, Richard. If you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive your personality in some kind of a vehicle. What would Richard be and why? Let me see. Well, okay, I'll cheat. <laughs> I'll cheat. A lot of people do on this show. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I'd be a Formula a Formula Three car. A Formula Three car. Okay. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Lean, purpose built, fast. Uh, no BS, no ego. You can either drive it and make it work or not. And if you can use it the correct way, it delivers maximum acceleration and exhilaration. Yeah. Uh, and it's light, and you can dance with it. And there's a whole lot of things you can do that um, faster. You know more powerful car just isn't going to want to talk about. So yeah, a car like that you can throw around and at a place, um, um, there's a little track in Michigan called Radden and, um, it is like a mini Nürburgring and you, you come off the ground three times and, uh, it's the best place in the world to drive two and a half miles of absolute nuts. And, uh, I love the place. I love the place. So that's what I'd be, and that's where I'd spend all my time. There you go. Nicely done. All right. We're entering the last lap. You know what that means. The white flag's out. We can see the checkered flag in the distance. And I'm going to fire off some questions here, have you give me some quick blips of that F3 car throttle. So here we go. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your successes in life? Uh, uh, again, I think it's just keep your mouth closed, your eyes open, and listen intensely. Absolutely. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, either living or deceased, this could be race car drivers as well, who would it be? It's pretty easy. Um, I'd share a bottle of uh, Claret with uh, Francois the uh -huh. evening of October the 7th at the Seneca Lodge because that mean he would have survived the weekend. He would have been the uh, Terrell team leader. And he just might have won the Grand Prix. But I think also because that would have been the beginning of a very different history in Formula One. Now, uh, I usually ask my guests for the best automotive advice someone else has offered them. I was going to switch it up with you and say the best photography advice someone else has offered. You've already shared a great piece of wisdom with to be quiet, step back, observe. Uh, is there maybe something else you might offer a listener out there that loves photography, is trying to be better at photography, uh, in addition to that great piece of advice? Well, you have to be able to see things in your mind and you have to know what you're looking for and you have to put yourself in that position. Um, and if you were in an automobile, 
someone would say, um, you know, if you're going, going quick, look where you want to go, right? Don't look where you are, where you want to go. Um, it's the same thing in photography. You have to have sort of a, a prevision of, of how, you, how you see this thing happening. And then you move and you stay invisible and you look and you listen and you finally find that spot where everything's happening and then you freeze and then you squeeze off three or four images and hopefully one of them is what you want. But you've got to look where you want to go. Great uh, combination of thoughts on photography and driving there. I like that. Now, uh, when it comes to resources, there's so many great resources for us these days. Is there a go-to for you that you find yourself at quite often? Uh, well, um, <laughs> I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty uh, locked into my website these days. Okay. What is your website? Uh, it's a very original one, uh, www.richardkellyf1.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's, it's unforgettable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Facebook is the, the same thing, richardkellyf1.com. And uh, Instagram is uh, at richardkellyf1. And um, the other thing is that uh, I still uh, am uh, receiving books uh, to sell. Waiting has uh, gone pretty well in, in Europe, in England. And um, I have... Uh, 30 of them that are still in my hands. And um, I'd like to uh, send some of these to, uh, to folks uh, for their Christmas gifts or, you know, for their loved ones or themselves. And um, they can contact me and uh, be happy to inscribe any dedication they'd like. And uh, I can send them directly. Uh, shipping is free and all that kind of stuff. And they probably have it in about a, a week and a half. What's the best way for them to reach out if they want to uh, purchase one of your books? Um, they could just uh, email me at uh, rkelly52 at mac.com. And I'll remind our listeners, Kelly is two E's, K-E-L-L-E-Y, correct? Uh, yes, yeah. And I'll also, I'll also have it on my website. Um, it's, it's just I'm working on the website right now to, to add a page. So they can, they can do that there uh, and, uh, and take care of the payment right there. And uh, I'll self-fulfill. Or uh, they can uh, just contact me you know, by, by email. And the same thing happens perhaps a little quicker. Very cool. I'll make sure I put all these ways to connect with Richard on his show notes page. Just go to carshad.com, type in Richard Kelly. Again, that's K-E-L-L-E-Y, and you can connect with him. It sounds like a great idea for a book for yourself and for a buddy or a couple buddies that uh, love Formula One, they love photography, and they love automobiles. So there you go. Awesome. Now, is there another book in addition to yours that you might recommend to our, our listeners? Maybe one you've read that you found very useful? I get a lot of inspiration from uh, from Steve Jobs, the, the book by Walter. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Isaacson. I, I just love, yeah. I love I love walking through the man's mind. Uh, he <laughs> quite a place. Some wrong things, but uh, he had something that was burning inside of him, and he had to do it. And uh, I, I felt ever since I was in the pit lane of '72 that uh, I had the same thing. I had something burning inside of me. I had to, I had to take care of it. It's just a little, you know. <laughs> you made a few more dollars than I did, and you know. <laughs> than all of us combined, I think. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but his his um, the way he you know could see things. Uh, is very interesting. And I, I try to think about that sometimes when I'm trying to put together things for myself. Well, and his life is very much like racing the adage of never, ever, never give up. When you think about he built this business and then he got fired from his own company, yeah. created another company, but then ended up going back to Apple. 
is pretty amazing story in and of itself. And of course, uh, then losing his life at such really a young age when he had so much more to offer, you kind of wonder where Apple would have gone from then. But I drank the Apple juice a long time ago. I've always used their product going back to the Mac SE because mm-hmm. of the graphic uh, privileges there and sit in front of a Mac now, have an iPhone, an iMac, an iPad, a Mac laptop. Our whole house is full of that there stuff. So, uh, yeah. And the A1 ships are out now and it's rock and roll. I know, crazy. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, Richard. And this last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a collector car today. Anything you'd like to have, I'll park it in your garage. A couple rules to this game, though. It's the only one collector car you can have. I want you to drive it, so it needs to tick a lot of boxes. And you can't sell it to buy a bunch of more photography equipment with or a new island or a boat if you pick a Ferrari GTO. You're stuck with it. So what mm-hmm. am I going to buy Richard Kelly today? Well, if uh, if we're talking about the ones I want... Yep. Uh, there's probably going to be plenty of the museums that would need to go and lock down immediately. <laughs> hey, I've got the key to all museums, so you don't have to worry about that. Then let's go shopping. Okay. My first choice, because there would have to be two choices, because I don't think I could I could pry this away. Okay. Uh, my first choice would definitely cost would be no cost would be no object. It'd be the long tail Salzburg Porsche 917. I think it's nine one seven zero four two or zero four five. Um, I got to sit in that, and uh, it was um, the exact car, uh, or lightly, um, just like the car, that uh, uh, that uh, led the Mons there, number 25 in the movie. And uh, Vic Elford was driving that car, and Vic, Vic and I had become uh, good friends. It's, uh, it's, it's the one with the blue and white, um, you know, sort of, I don't know, Porsche, Porsche colors. It's, it's the long tail. It's the long tail. Okay, uh, okay. Gotcha. It was it was a white twenty five, and then they decided to paint it and uh, turn it into that. Okay, okay. Gotcha. And that's if 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 Porsche would uh, would not allow me to buy that. <laughs> yeah, they might not. <laughs> but don't remember, I'm buying it, so you don't have to worry about you paying oh, for anything. Okay, okay. so you, you have to take the strap. Okay, well, then uh, it would be uh, then it's easy. That's easy. Then it's uh, uh, Ferrari uh, three twelve T four chassis zero four one which was the one Jill used to win the 79 U.S. Grand Prix. I, uh, I got to know Jill pretty well. And um, if there was one car on earth that I'd like to have, it'd be that one. Well, uh, you're going to need a track, so I guess i got to buy a track <laughs> to go with that one too, Yeah, uh, for goodness sake. But uh, pretty uh, special car, pretty cool car. And a good friend of mine restored one of those. And I got to be around a lot, got to sit in it. It's a car that Jill drove. Now, I'm yeah. not sure if it's, ex- I don't think it's the same chassis number. Uh, the car I'm talking about was sold two years ago at auction during Pebble Beach Car Week. I, mm-hmm. think, it, I think it got the most that any F1 car has ever gotten, like six-something million bucks, something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, but uh, regardless, such a unique-looking car, the way the front end came around and that wing kind of hung out off the front. And I just watched a video this weekend uh, of that car going around the track at Monaco and just watching. It was uh, during tri- uh, test runs, you know, not the actual race, but just watching that thing and listening to it. Yeah, I can see why you like that. Uh, and when you watch uh, Jill drive it in the rain. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Then, <laughs> Magic. Then, um, you know, nothing is the same after that. Absolutely. Oh, Richard, you've taken us on a nice ride today, my friend, down history lane. I w- I've really enjoyed talking with you and learning about what you're doing. And I'm really excited to expose your photography to listeners of mine that maybe aren't aware of who you are. I want to do a shout out. Thank, thank you to Sandy Copeman of Amalgam, who 
really introduced yeah. me to you and got us together. When I had him on my show a couple of weeks ago, he said, you've got to meet Richard and connect with him. So thank you, Sandy, for that. And if you missed my talk with Sandy, go back and listen. There's another very creative guy. Before I let you uh, go here, what's a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer our listeners before you rip off down the track in that 312 T4? Well, as it was with my entering the F1 pit line in 72, I think um, anybody that really dreams of doing something has to find something that speaks to them so clearly and so intensely that they can't, they can't leave it. And, and, and they couldn't imagine a day without producing something new and meaningful with it. You know, you just have to understand that if, if it's what you're meant to do, it will change your life forever. It should change your life forever. But then you wouldn't want it any other way. And I think that's the best way to live. Absolutely. I'll make sure, again, I put links to every th way that you can connect with Richard Kelly. And uh, you know what? If you want to buy a good buddy, a uh, great gift here. The book winning is an awesome opportunity here. Uh, he'll sign it for you, which is even more special, uh, or address it to somebody, whatever you might like. So make sure you go to the, the Cargia website, type in Richard Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, or you can go right to his website, richardkellyf1.com. And also follow him on Instagram, Facebook, so you can keep up with all the fun this guy's having. Richard, having, I should say. Richard, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your life with me and the listeners. This was great fun. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road or maybe in pit lane. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mark. I had a blast. This Thank was you. fun. You're welcome. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!